God comes down to our level to clean us up. He protects our dignity. He is there. He hears us no matter who we are, no matter what we are. The more people understand how accessible he is, the more they can avoid things like this because he's there. You don't have to go to a special place to find him. He is within us all. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Hello and welcome to the Barabicus Corner where we step out of faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donkor. Today we have our Barabica of the month of May 2021. She is Cheryl Zondi, amazing young lady. She has a story. I tried not to do a lot of research because I wanted to hear it fresh and new and, you know, also be able to ask questions as we go. So Cheryl, please introduce yourself. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Joyce. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm a 25-year-old marketing management graduate of the University of Johannesburg. I work. I'm a singer and a songwriter, public speaker as well, slash motivational speaker. Recently started doing voiceovers as well. So I'm also a voiceover artist now. And I also have a foundation that just deals with abuse in sacred spaces. Not exactly working right now, but it is there. And we do as much as we can with what we have. But yeah, that's basically Cheryl in a nutshell. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you too for being here. Thank you so much. I met Cheryl during a Bible study, actually. And she was sharing her story and encouraging other young ladies. And it was amazing having you on there. And I was really touched by her story because it's like... (sighs) Really? You know, you hear these stories and sometimes you never think that it's close to you and you're like, things happen. And so I just want you to share your story and then along the way, I'll just keep asking questions. Okay, sure. You know, it's true when you say things happen and we're so far removed from them until someone we know or someone we're close to experiences it. But in 2018, I decided to come out about rape sexual abuse that I had suffered at the hands of a pastor from a church that I had been a part of since I was 13. So I joined this church. It was radical, like youth everywhere, every young person's dream who wants to see God, you know, and at that point in my life, 13 going on 14, I really needed Christ, you know, and I needed a home to call my own, you know, in terms of just having a place to go to when I want to talk to God. And that place became that for me. And so I joined, you know, I also became a singer in the church. But I draw the good that I can from the experience. But unfortunately, you know, it also led to me being abused by this pastor, you know, from the age of 14 to 16. Then again, at the age of 19, it happened in such a way that, you know, and this is something we also like to touch a lot on when we have talks as the foundation is that your beliefs are used against you, your vulnerability, your yearning and longing for Christ 
and just needing something. Everyone comes to church because they're looking for something, you know, some sort of comfort, some sort of answer that will give them peace, you know, about life, about everything. Where am I going? Where am I going to end up? All these questions we have. So I seem to have found that in this church, but those beliefs were used to manipulate me into believing that, you know, at that age, I needed to please this person sexually to make it to heaven in order for me to succeed and, you know, make something of myself. And that continued for a few years. Did you know that what he was doing was wrong? I knew that I did not like it. I didn't want it. That's what I knew. But knowing that he was wrong, that's where it got blurry for me. Because in my head and in everyone's head who was at that church or who is still at that church, this person is like God's best friend. He can do no wrong. So if he was doing something wrong, because he did it, it was right. And that's what I believed. I believed that, okay, I don't have a right to question him. If I love my life and I want to stay alive, I'm just going to keep my head down and, you know, get rid of all these devil's thoughts telling me he's wrong and stuff, you know. So it got very blurry. I knew what I felt about it but I didn't know I didn't believe that I was worthy enough or strong enough in God's eyes to stand up to it and say that you know it was wrong or believe that it was wrong because in your eyes you are seeing him like the other people's perspective of him was what you were thinking that okay he's like God or he's like up there so you know it was basically like God on earth right so maybe he's doing the right thing so you know maybe this is how you get to heaven (laughs) exactly it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. I believed it. <laughs> yeah. And I asked that question because sometimes we go through life and we are like, oh, this person is a pastor because I'm a pastor's kid. And so we've had people come to us and be like, you can't do this and you can't do that because you're a pastor's kid. And they don't first see you as human. They see you as someone who is holy, you know, and you can't do no wrong. And I think that's one of the things we need to get people to understand that pastors and pastors, kids or prophets and whoever, if they are doing wrong, they're doing wrong. We need to call them to it. Like let them know that they are wrong, whether it's anger management or they are just angry over anything. You see them doing abuse, rape, whatever they are doing, like let them know that, Hey, what you're doing is wrong. And if they're not accepting, leave that place. Cause that's not who God wants us to be. Yeah. If they can't change because we do wrong in our own closets, right? We need to come to that point where we are like, you know, I want to change. I want to be better. But if you see that this person is not changing leave that environment it's very important what you're saying that's why it's so important to share these kinds of experiences because sometimes people just don't know any better like me I honestly didn't know any better the way also you know he presented himself was in a demigod kind of way so you didn't go as far to thinking like this person is human as well. He's also the same as everyone else in front of God. He also has to pave his own way. You know, most of it was psychological and just the belief, the belief in God. You know, I believed in him so strongly that like logic lift the window and also kind of like the first experience like that that I had, you know, when you don't know what to expect or what to do, whatever happens is kind of like foundational for you. So maybe this was how things were meant to be. But I really, really thank God for, you know, opening my eyes up eventually because what had happened was I had joined a girl band right in the church I'd become like a staunch member you know knee deep in church and at the age of 16 like in the thick of it you know I was really struggling my mom decided to take me out of the church and take me out of the band it was for my own good did she know what was happening I believe she did but I never told her I never told her anything you know how moms just know since it happened that I've never had to explain I think she kind of found out with the world what the details were, which was very, also quite an experience for her. Did she think it was the pastor? Yes. 
there were a lot of things that guy put me through. But just speaking of the psychological and spiritual hold that he had, my mom took me out and she saved me. She put herself on the line, I guess, spiritually and otherwise, standing up to this person saying, hey, I'm taking my daughter out. If I die, I die. But I had not fully left in my mind. You know, I went through ages 17 until 19 when I went back, just wondering, did what happened really happen? Am I really right in this situation? I mean, is he right for doing what he did? So many questions. Um, you know, is my life going to amount to anything if... I continue to stay out of the church. So I found myself going back, you know, after the age of 18. At 18, you're legal and you can do all sorts of things. Even after that age, I found myself being drawn back and obviously regretting it. But one thing I really thank God for, I know how it feels to be in that space. It's like being hypnotized. You're a zombie. You don't own your thoughts. You don't own your habits. Someone else decides them for you. How you eat, how you live your life, someone decides. So I'm so grateful to this day that somehow that mental bondage was broken and I was able to leave that situation for good, finally, you know, forever and see it for what it was. Yeah, because you finally understood that First of all, you are human. Secondly, what this person has done was wrong because I feel like you going back, you are trying to figure out, did I do right? Was I wrong or was he wrong? And I also was trying to find some closure. You know, trauma is a funny thing. It makes you do funny things, you know, that don't make sense. I needed to know if I was wrong or if I was right or if he was wrong. And I also needed some sort of closure. I think another thing that I was telling myself, I knew in my heart of hearts that I was probably not going to get it, but I was seeking an apology because maybe Maybe he was sorry. Maybe he was sorry for the way that he is. And maybe he needs help and he's sorry that, you know, I got caught in the crossfire. Maybe, you know, that human element was there, but it wasn't. It really wasn't. You know, the only thing keeping this person from doing what he was doing is jail. I promise you, if he gets out of jail, he's going to ruin many more lives. So there are just people like that who just don't want to change. They're okay with hurting people. There are a lot of people in relationships, abusive ones as well, and they feel like they need to save the spouse. So it could be the, the lady that is abusive or the man that has been abusive. And they feel like they need to save the spouse. Because when you said that you were thinking maybe this guy needs help and, you know, let me go and help him and be like the savior, you know. And sometimes we're in relationships like that, that you feel like, oh, maybe this person needs help. He needs, you know, let me be there for them and I can be of help in some kind of way. But then this person is using you and abusing you. They know what they're doing. And so it's like, it's what they're telling you that, you know, the lies that they're telling the other person is what the other person is believing because they're like, oh, you know, I'm going through a lot of things or maybe, you know, so many other things they may be telling the person Then you feel like, okay, let me be there. No, you need to, once you come to that point and you realize that maybe there are people that need help, but once you come to that point where you realize that, no, this person is using you, you need to get out and get out fast because they might kill you. There is a story of the lady, I think last year, it was during the pandemic, I think, this lady in Nigeria in the church too that was raped and she died. I don't know what happened and she went back or I don't know what situation she was in, but she ended up dying. I don't know what happened. So when we find ourselves in those situations as women or even a man, try to get out of that situation because at the end of the day, thankfully you are alive to even tell a story, but who knows if you kept going and say, I'm feeling sorry, let me help him or whatever, you know, maybe you wouldn't be sitting here today, you know, because he wants to cover up one day. I think he never thought you probably would stand up one day to speak up. Yeah. He didn't. He really didn't. Was he married? Yes, being married. The wife. 
He has kids? Yes, he's got a daughter, two sons. And I sometimes think to myself, oh my God, he's got a daughter though. Got a daughter. I wonder if she's going through this too. I wonder if he's just evil like that. You know, his kids don't deserve to be abused while other people's kids must be abused. But what you said about looking at situations like that through rose-colored eyes, it's like when you're talking about love, religion and spirituality and just all these things that don't make logical sense, it's easy to find yourself falling back into the same old traps, the same old person and just not seeing reason. Like it's just non-existent to you. People would tell you, this is a bad situation. You're going to die. But you don't understand what they're saying because the logic is like gone and a Abusers love that. They love it. They love it when you love them. They love it when you believe in them, when you respect them, when you need them somehow. Because that's a nice way of just keeping that hold over you, that control over you. And as soon as it starts, it grows and it delves into other things. And sooner or later, like your whole life revolves around this person's existence, which is so, so sad because some people realize like 10 years, 20 years down the line that, well, I wasted my life here. I could have loved myself better. I could have done better. I could have gotten better for myself but I remained sometimes we don't love ourselves as much as we love people which is very toxic because you go all out bend over backwards completely alter yourself for the convenience of this other person when all the while you're dying inside I love the culture there is now you know this energy of women putting themselves first because women just don't do that we just are so compromising so lenient and as much as we're strong you know we may be strong but we care too much we care to a fault to our own detriment when it comes to the woman i feel like culture played a lot because you know in those days it's like it has to be the man first and the man first and so that thing if we didn't have people breaking barriers in that area where you know what i have a voice i can speak and people you know coming out and telling their stories i feel like we'll still be in those dark ages where we are like the man is ahead of the home and so i mean that's what the bible says the man is ahead of the home you know but then again the man is not doing anything or you're attributing everything to the man anything you do because nowadays my friend was telling me a story where you know the men will sit and be drinking and the ladies will go to the farm and do all the work and come back and then you're like the man is ahead the man is the head and the woman is doing everything and so I feel like that culture played a lot into you know some of the women even now are still portraying that you know I mean be submissive but you're not a doormat to be used right the way we're raised as well definitely we're raised to be tolerant and make things easy you know and dress a certain way not to tempt men you can't even be yourself <laughs> exactly because wow people can't control themselves grown at us just don't have self-control which is baffling to me you know the woman should have self-control exactly was he ever arrested yes actually the matter is ongoing so it started in 2018 that's when I testified you know and I said my piece but I unfortunately have to go back again as if that didn't happen been in jail for quite a while thank goodness oh he's in jail now yeah he's been in jail since 2017 how long did they give him we haven't gotten there yet wow it's unrelenting i'm three years older and this case is ongoing there's so much that goes into small technicalities that you know people in those fields can make a case start over again over like it's been ongoing and everyone is still in the midst of you know saying their piece you know everyone who was involved and who knows their stories oh some other people came out to tell their story as well yeah, there are many ladies, many women who has done this too. I was unfortunately just the youngest, but he's done this 
to so many people. And thankfully, you know, we have come out and we're willing to see it through until that fateful day when, you know, the key, it's locked and it's thrown away and we can say just going to stay in jail forever. That's still an ongoing matter. So what made you speak up? That Cheryl that everyone saw was eight years in the making. It was a lot of breaking and falling apart and just being in tatters and then rebuilding myself from those tatters because the things that happen in your life that change you forever. Like there are parts of myself that I will never see again or know again because of this whole experience. So it took that breaking and just picking myself up from what I am now. I also would go to therapy and just go through the motions, deal with it, deal with it until such a point where I'm one person who takes the time. If I need time to be, I will be. And that's what I did. You know, for those eight years, I was breaking, falling apart on the mend again, regressing, abusing substances, you know, a lot just happened. But something clicked, especially after I'd gone back to the church at 19, something clicked. That's why I'm thankful to God, because I don't know, some people are still stuck in that mindset. But for me, it clicked that this is wrong. Mm -mm, This is not it. And I don't deserve to be ashamed here because actually I have done nothing wrong but most of the boldness that people see I credit it to God because God gives me strength he really does I may not be a church girl but I speak to God and I know now that I can have a relationship with him just me you know I don't need to go somewhere to access him he is everywhere omnipresent and you know omnipotent so true strength from God boldness from God because God walks before you he is in rooms where your name is being mentioned before you ever know those rooms exist he walks there before you, beside you, surrounding you, strengthening you. And so I knew I wasn't leaning on my own strength. I was leaning on God because I knew my God, not his God, my God was real, you know, and he had my back. So that's the one thing, God, and letting go of the shame. The other thing was anger. I was very angry. I was more angry than I was afraid. My anger surpassed my fear. So I needed to direct this anger to the person who planted it and look him in the eye and tell him that he was wrong and that I will not amount to nothing. Like he made me believe that I would. I needed that. I saved it for that. <laughs> it was such a freeing and liberating feeling. So he made you believe that you amount to nothing? Yes. That's why, honestly, it's different from being snatched by a stranger that you don't know on the street. It's random. You know, you are traumatized. It's not something that has its claws in your skin. Like this was like my mind, my days, my times were owned by this person. So I needed to reclaim that and take back ownership. And then the last thing, which I think I was very fortunate to have is the support of my family. My family knew what I had been through. Somehow, you know, without words being spoken, I have a family that's very open. My brother, my sister, my mother, my closest friends, we can talk about anything under the sun without judgment, without, you know, oh, I'm old. I'm older than you. You're a child. You know, it's not that kind of setup. So they're the most important people in my life. I honestly didn't care about anyone else. Honestly, I was like, if these three people have my back, I don't care who else doesn't have my back. As long as I have them, anything can happen. It's fine. As long as I have them. So yeah, those are the things that kind of pushed me there. A lot of help, a lot of support. I don't know where I'd be without my family support. It's so important to have that family support or even support from anyone at all for anything that you may be going through or anything that you're doing because this life, it can be crazy. (laughs) It's very rough, you know, and once you have even just that one person backing you up, you having that strength from God is one. But sometimes we need that physical presence there 
you know, and it's so important that you have that. Like, it was so good that you had your family there to hold you, you know. And there are so many people that I'm sure, is that church still open? Yes. <laughs> people still go there? Yeah, there are people who, you know, still have staunch members. Some I believe in him for a long time. And, you know, it does break my heart because a part of me says, oh my God, why don't you just see that? How can all of these women be lying? Where can we find these stories from? Those kinds of details, those sick things that were happening you know in that room how do we think of that how do we just make that up but then another part of me breaks for them because i just get it the mind is such a funny thing they're just stuck there mentally and all i can do is pray for them pray that they see better that they see reason one day before it's too late and you become inconsolable and you go as far as doing things that you can never forgive yourself for it's so important to have a relationship with God first. I always say this. It's not about going to church. It's not about going to church every day, you know, killing yourself, going up and down. Meanwhile, you have no relationship with God. Like, first of all, it's your relationship with God. If you are able to have that set, then nobody can come and tell you anything. Because for me, I always say this, that I believe that once I have my relationship with God, me having time with him every day, when I get to church, the word that comes for it should be a confirmation of what I already studied during the week, you know, and it's just adding onto it for me to get a deeper understanding of whatever I studied. So those people, I may not say they are going there because, you know, maybe they thought they were lying or something like that, or it wasn't true. Maybe they are going there for a different reason, or maybe they have a different encounter being there. But if you have no relationship with God, when you get to church, whoever is preaching will lie to you and they'll keep saying things to you. And that's why you need to go back and compare the scripture. Sometimes they'll tell you a scripture and that's not even in line with what they're teaching or preaching about. Or they may say something that's not even in alignment with God's word. And that's why the Bible says we need to test every spirit. So if you're not having that relationship with God, then what are you going to church for? Like you're just going there because you just want people to see you or you're just trying to mark a register in the book of heaven. First important thing is to have a relationship with God. And I believe that if you didn't have that relationship, maybe you would have still spoken, but maybe that strength that you have now to go on would not be there. And the support of your family, you would not be able to be where you are today. But first of all, people need to have that relationship with God, especially for those that are going to church. You'll be going to church you be hearing so many things and people leaving anyhow and you're like, this is not church. You can't go to church and the pastor is leaving anyhow and you are like, oh, I accept this. No. Exactly. Exactly. It's more like a cult. And sometimes we tend to not want to put in effort to get certain outcomes. We would rather have someone give us all of the answers. So why build a relationship with God myself when I can just get it through this guy? Let this guy have a relationship with him and then we'll just sponge off on that. We also sometimes, when we find ourselves in situations like that, we underestimate ourselves a lot because what is it that person has that you do not have that will make God supposedly not want to hear you. I used to believe that God wouldn't hear me because I'm just not as special. I'm just not as wise. You know, I haven't won as many souls. It's also just knowing that God is accessible. He's not far-fetched. Yes, he's on the throne, all his glory and all his goodness, but God is merciful. God comes down to our level to clean us up. He protects our dignity. He is there. He hears us no matter who we are, no matter what we are. The more people understand how accessible he is, the more they can avoid things like this because he's there. You don't have to go to a special place to find him he is within us all what lessons have you learned in life in general or even in this journey what lessons have you learned ah the one is that i can survive anything (laughs) 
you know sometimes we don't know our limits I've been pushed by life and broken and pushed even further broken again and pushed even further and that's told me that I can survive anything also I've learned that I'm strong but I don't need to be strong all the time there's this image that people have of me that, you know, I'm hard, you know, and I'm always that, that chick, you know, who's ready for a fight. But be that as it may, I am delicate and I am soft and I'm fragile and I'm vulnerable because I don't have to be strong all the time and I don't have to exhibit strength on demand. And also everything that I need is within me. I don't need to go looking for it elsewhere. You know, had I known that at a younger age, that all that I needed was within me already, I didn't have to go looking for it outside of myself. A lot of things could have been avoided. A lot of pain could have been avoided. But we live and we learn, you know, and we use what we know to teach others better so they know better. And the last lesson I would say, to never live my life in a way that makes life convenient for anyone else. I'm not packaged for convenience. I'm not here to make people comfortable. If who and what I am makes you uncomfortable, I am not sorry. Because that is what I am and it's beautiful and it's lovely. And if you are for me, you'll accept it. And if you are not, you can keep it moving. I've told myself to be real. Just be honest with yourself. Be true to yourself. No matter what kind of image people have of you, live your life in a way that gives you peace, in a way that makes you happy. And don't ever settle for suffering all in the name of someone else's convenience. You don't have to make me comfortable. Just live your life. A lot of pain can be avoided. A lot of trauma can be avoided. So those are my lessons. And I keep learning. That's so important to keep learning and be you because you can be somebody else. God created you differently. Everyone is so different. You may have like a bit of someone in you. You came from your parents, but like you have your own identity. You're different. So be you. If someone is being themselves and you feel like it's not what you do, well, that's who they are. You move on, you know? And that's why the Bible tells us not to be judgmental. Don't judge other people because you don't know. You have not walked in their shoes. You don't know why they're behaving like this. You don't know why they're characters. Just move on with your life and be you. And on Byron Corner podcast, actually, I always want to ask this question. What do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? I would teach myself not to fear myself. I've spent a lot of my life holding back on things, not exhausting or manipulating my potential because of fear. I would tell the younger me to not be so afraid and not be so scared of trying things and scared of standing on my own two feet at certain points in time. I would tell myself not to worry and just live. I'm the kind of person who gets easily caught up in like the day-to-day. I worry a lot, you know, anxiety. That the beautiful moments can sometimes easily pass you by. And so I would tell myself not to be afraid of myself, not to be afraid of the possibilities and what I can do and never let anyone make me feel or think that I'm less than or I am not capable of or I am not good enough. I would definitely tell my younger self that. I've been treating a lot of fear this year, actually, on Barabrica's Corner. One of the questions we started with was, how can we overcome fear? And I've done this video, which is going to be released next week, but it's on fear as well. So I really like the fact that you brought that up because fear is something that holds us a lot. Like, what are you afraid of? And there's this book I'm reading and it's saying, what would you become? Who would you be on the other side of fear? And I'm so happy that you're able to say that, like, I just want to live, not be held back. I want to live. And so I just want to use this opportunity as well to let people know that don't let fear hold you back. Do what you have to do because at the end of the day or at the end of your life, you want to know that you lived and you lived fully and that you have no regrets. 
you know, say what you feel, say what you think, speak your mind, wear that dress that you want to wear, go where you want to go, meet the people that you want to meet. Just be, you know, just be. What advice can you give to someone that has been through your situation? Because I've been following a lot of information on Twitter. And last week, there was a girl, she was raped as well. And her rapist ended up killing himself. And I didn't think I'll feel this way talking about it, but it's so sad. People are going through a lot of things and it could be in the school, it could be in the church, it could be in the neighborhood. Like there's so many people that have been through this rape thing and they can't even speak up because they are afraid. Like there's so many cases even in Gambia that I think it's just one right now that the judge has said no to bailing for the person because a lot of them have been bailed out and they're on the streets. It happens every day and they get such cheap bail. Like it's unbelievable. Right. And I just want you to advise people, like what advice can you give them in that situation? Like how can they stand up and speak up like you were able to? One thing, it's okay to feel whatever way that you're feeling. A lot of people like to classify victims and box them, you know, uh, rape survivors and people who've gone through this. They like to box us and say, no, you should dress like this. You should speak like this. You should not feel this way and you should not react to what happened to you in this way. It's okay. However you find yourself reacting, it's fine. Forgive yourself if you need to because sometimes you punish ourselves for things that we feel like we are allowed to happen to ourselves don't punish yourself don't cause more harm to yourself than what was inflicted on you because you didn't deserve it that would be my first thing it's not your fault you didn't deserve it so don't walk around like you deserved it don't live your life like you deserved it the shame does not belong to you it belongs to the person who did this who had you know the guts to do that to you and secondly there's nothing to be ashamed of don't hide away in shame and think that your story is too gruesome or too disgusting or you know too ugly to share everyone has some ugly we all do and the moment we embrace that and accept it for what it is the moment we start finding freedom so don't hide from that feeling of ugliness don't think that your story is too gruesome or too disgusting to put out there because it'll give you peace the moment you speak out the last thing i would say is that you're worthy of so much better than that you didn't deserve that because i'll be honest it's important to put these criminals behind bars right because chances are if they've done it to you they've done it before they'll do it again and you could be a contributor in putting the person away and making sure that this does not happen to anyone else it stops here but it's also important to put yourself first and decide on a way to deal with the best for you your healing and your mental capacity don't ever feel pressured to act at a certain time although you know for i guess law-based reasons it sometimes is better to speak sooner but don't ever feel like you have to rush yourself into a space of combat sometimes you need time sometimes you need time. I needed eight years. Someone else might need a few months, five years. Just allow yourself to go through it and just know, most importantly, you did not deserve it and the shame does not belong to you. Don't walk around like you have something to be ashamed of. You're not damaged goods. You're worthy of the best marriage, the best person, the best life, the best that life can offer you. Even after that has happened to you, it does not decrease your value in any way. So, so important. I like the part that you said that you stepping out or you speaking up will give you peace because you're also saving a lot of lives, a lot of people's lives and helping, you know, people go behind us. It's just so sad that our government play with these things. Like they joke around with it, you know, just get this person and put them behind bars. Like a lot of women's life will be saved and maybe, you know, young boys or men, because maybe also men are going through that as well. But a lot of people will be saved going through 
through that. So it's so important to speak up because you have peace and you'll be saving a lot of people's lives. So how are you now? I'm okay. I'll tell you what, you know, the whole experience of, remember I told you about the eight years in the making to build up that person that I was, that experience, exposing yourself, you know, and being vulnerable like that, going into details, ugly, messy details, especially the way that I did so publicly. It's something that I didn't anticipate would affect me the way it did. And I also just wanted people to bear that in mind. You need to prepare yourself mentally for the inner backlash that you might have to face after going through something like that. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster. You know, I have been trying my best to stay sane, put my health first, because I went into a lot of escapism, a lot of abusing substances, you know, a lot of self-medicating, a lot of trying to numb myself from that experience because I did feel exposed afterwards. I felt celebrated and supported, but also just very naked. And I didn't want to think about that. But I am in a much better place now. Thank God. I'm surrounded by people that love me, that support me. You know, I have a God who is forever with me and I'm putting my mental health first, my well-being first. I'm more selfish than I've ever been proudly, <laughs> you know, because I'm just at a point in my life just filling my cup. I want to be so full that I have nothing more than just to give. So that's where I'm at right now. Healing, loving, living and all of that good stuff, you know. Yeah, it's a journey and I'm glad that, like you said earlier that you went to therapy as well. I need to go back. <laughs> I was going to ask, are you still going? <laughs> No, no, no. I really should. It's just the commitment thing for me. It's just something I want. When I start, I want to see it through. So right now I have to do a lot to make my life better practically, you know, the adult stuff. <laughs> and then when I have the time to just ease into myself and open up myself that way, I definitely, definitely I'm going back. Go to therapy, people. Everyone go to therapy. It's so important, yes. Tell us about the Cheryl's Only Foundation. Well, it's not working right now, as I said before. You know, it's on a bit of a break, but I've been privileged to help quite a few people up to this point. I've helped young men, young women who have been abused in sacred spaces. I've been able to assist them in just navigating the justice system, which can be so disgusting. Like when you see the day-to-day and when there are no cameras around, you see how lawyers act and how they don't take things seriously and how witnesses have to run after them to get things going and how witnesses have to watch the people that rape them who live a street away getting off on a thousand rand bill like things like that you know hearing stories that are so much worse than my own but yeah that's basically what I've been privileged enough to do I've been given that honor to hold these people's hands as they try and navigate and then they get to a certain point and then they carry on on their own and just you know educating people about abuse in sacred spaces and how it's a lot deeper than just sexual a lot goes into it So yeah, that's basically what it's about. When I go back into that full force, it'll show. (laughs) You need to be strong to put yourself in that kind of space all the time. You need to make sure that you are solid. And that's basically where I'm at right now. I'm making sure that I'm solid so that these people are giving their stories to someone who can safely safeguard them. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's something I'm so passionate about and it's going to be here after I'm long gone. And yeah, I really thank God for giving me that like you said, you need to fill yourself up and you don't want to give what you don't have. If you are not strong, then you can hold your hands. But 
definitely let us know when the foundation is up and running again so that people elsewhere, wherever we may be, even by because Corner could also support in their own little way. It would be so good for, you know, anyone that is listening can always follow Cheryl on Instagram and you can get updates on when the foundation comes back up and see where they need support because there are so many people going through a lot of stuff and finances, when it's not there, you know, you can't really do much. So... Thank you so much for your story. And I hope this inspires someone to stand up and speak up. Thank you so much. Definitely. And yeah, I look forward to the other barrier breakers you have for us (laughs) in the future. Definitely looking forward. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they-